0: Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly Rail Market Update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast.
1: Welcome to FTR's Weekly Trucking Market Update. I'm Avery Vice, Vice President of Trucking. This is Episode 197 for the week of January 23rd, 2023. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Uh, we'll start this week, as we often do, with diesel prices, and we saw an unusual, and in my mind at least, somewhat unexpected move. The national average price of diesel rose $0.08 to $4.60.4 a gallon during the week into January 23rd. Now, Given what we have seen over the past year, $0.08 a gallon certainly is not a huge increase, but it is the largest we've seen since the spike that occurred in October. Since that spike, by the way, we've seen diesel fall in 10 of 13 weeks for a net decrease of nearly 82 cents. One interesting pattern in the latest week is that while diesel prices were up in all regions, the largest increases occurred in the three regions where prices are the lowest. That's the Gulf Coast, the Midwest, and the Lower Atlantic. Those probably also are among the largest regions for sales volumes, so increases in those regions have a disproportionate impact on the national average price. Other regions that have seen more volatility in recent months, New England, Central Atlantic, and Rocky Mountain, saw the smallest increases in the latest week. One reason I labeled the increase in diesel prices as unexpected is that we haven't really seen any clear movement of underlying factors. West Texas Intermediate, in the most recent trading, has drifted slightly higher to um, above $80 a barrel, but it is a marginal increase, and, more to the point, would seem to have occurred too recently to have affected diesel prices in the latest week. Diesel inventories also did decline in the latest week, although the change was not sharp. Perhaps, though, the combination of slightly higher crude prices and slightly lower distillate stocks triggered the increase. Or it could just be some normalization uh, from prices that might have fallen a bit too quickly, just as we saw a steady easing of prices since the record in June of last year, aside from a week in August and two weeks in October. Okay, let's move on, and we'll talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended January 20th, which is week three of the year. The typical post-holiday cool-down in the van segments spot rates continued for a third week. Broker-posted rates in the truck stop system were down in all segments during the week, but drive-in and refrigerated saw the largest rate drops. Drive-in rates have fallen below their pre-Christmas level and refrigerated rates have given back almost all of the large holiday rate surge. Load activity in those two segments, by the way, fell by far more than is typical for the third week of the year. The total broker posted spot rate Fell about six cents for the second straight week. Uh, rates were 19% below the same 2022 week, but nearly six percent above the five-year average. FTR estimates that rates, excluding a calculated fuel surge, were nearly 28% below the same week last year. Drive-in spot rates fell nearly 13 cents for the largest increase in a single week since December of 21. Uh, Rates were down nearly 29 cents in the first three weeks of this year after jumping about 24 cents in the final two weeks of last year. Drive-in rates were nearly 29% below the same week last year and two-tenths of a percent below the five-year average for the week. Excluding fuel surcharge, rates are about 39% lower than the same week last year. Refrigerated spy rates fell more than 18 cents They were down nearly 65 cents in the first three weeks of this year after surging more than 67 cents in the final two weeks of 2022. Rates were more than 30% below the same week last year, but half a percent above the five-year average. Excluding fuel surcharges, rates were 39% below the same 2022 week. And flybed rates eased about three cents, reversing the gain during the prior week. Rates were about 13% below the same week last year, but still more than 9% above the five-year average for the week. If we exclude an imputed fuel surcharge, though, flatbed rates were nearly 21% below the same week last year. Okay, let's touch on volume. Total spot volume fell more than 13%. Uh, There was a slight gain in flatbed loads, but it was not enough to offset larger than typical declines in the van segments for early January. Total volume was about 59% below the same week last year, about 18% below the five-year average. Load activity was down in all regions, was led by the West Coast and the Midwest. Dry van loads fell about 24%. Volume was almost 61% below the same week last year, nearly 14% below the five-year average uh, for the week. And that is actually after essentially matching the average volume in the prior week. Refrigerated loads fell more than 26%. Volume was about 64% below the same 2022 week and about 23% below the five-year average. And flatbed loads ticked up uh, 1.1% to their highest level barely since August. Volume was almost 61% below the same 2021 week and about 26% below the five-year average for the week. Let's let's wrap up the weekly indicators with a quick look at unemployment benefits and mortgage rates. Announcements of major layoffs are grabbing headlines, but comprehensive data continues to show a low level of claims, or at least first-time claims, for unemployment benefits. In the latest week, initial claims for benefits fell by 15,000 to 190,000 seasonally adjusted, That's the lowest level since April of last year, with the exception of a week in September that was also 190,000. After a couple of weeks of notable declines, continued claims for unemployment benefits rose by 17,000 to 1.65 million. Continued claims have taken a step up since mid-November and are running at close to their highest levels in about a year. Let's look at Uh, financing costs in housing. Mortgage rates declined in the latest week to their lowest level since September. The average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage eased nearly two-tenths of a point uh, to 6.15%. Freddie Mac said that declining rates are boosting the housing market, but that supply of homes remains a concern. Let's stay close to the mortgage rate topic and talk about the housing market first, among our monthly indicators. Sales of existing single family homes declined for the 11th straight month in December, easing just over a percent to the lowest annualized rate since November of 2010. Yes, that's correct. It's below what we saw in May of 2020 um, coming out of the lockdown period. So quite quite a low sales rate. Now, I suppose one glimmer of good news is that the 1% or technically 1.1% decrease was the second smallest during the 11 months of straight declines. So I guess if you're an optimist, that's good news. Uh, The National Association of Realtors attributed the continuing decline in sales not only to high mortgage rates, but also to a limited supply of homes in the market. As I had mentioned, uh, Freddie Mac had made the same uh, comment in announcing mortgage rates. The inventory of single-family homes for sale at current sales rates fell in December to 2.9 months. That's actually the tightest supply since May. Sales prices remain highly elevated compared to the pre-pandemic period, but they have fallen for six straight months. The median sales price of a single-family home uh, sold in December was $372,700. $372,700. That is more than 11% down from June's record of $420,900, but it is still nearly 37% above the February 2020 median price of 272800 We also got data last week on residential construction, which was modestly weaker in December. Housing starts declined 1.4%, seasonally adjusted, And the Census Bureau also revised downward its preliminary figures for October and November. In a reversal of recent trends, single-family housing starts rose more than 11%, while starts of units in multifamily buildings, those are buildings with five or more units, fell nearly 19%. Permits authorized for future construction decreased 1.6%. Single-family permits fell uh, 6.5% for the 10th straight decrease. Multifamily permits, which have been far less consistent, were up 7.1%. Overall, housing starts in December were 12% lower than they were in February 2020. Single-family starts were down uh, more than 12%. Multifamily starts were down about 10%. After a sharp and upwardly adjusted increase in housing unit completions in November, housing completions fell 8.4% in December. Units under construction remains at an all-time high, driven primarily by uh, the strength in multifamily units. Okay, moving on, we got some key indicators for the consumer and industrial sector last week, and there's no way around it. They were not good. And not only were December figures disappointing, but preliminary estimates for November were also revised downward. Let's look at the industrial sector first. Despite a sizable jump in utilities output due to cold weather, industrial production declined of percent seasonally adjusted in December. Manufacturing output fell 1.3%. That's the steepest decline since February of 2021. Uh, when you might recall there were extreme winter conditions across a wide swath of the country and that ended up slamming both the industrial and construction sectors. Uh, Texas, you'll recall, had uh, widespread power outages um, and that shut down a lot of, uh, of manufacturing plants. Downward revisions in prior month estimates compounded the weakness for both manufacturing and the broader industrial production sector. The revised uh, decrease for industrial production for November was uh, uh, six-tenths of a percent. That's down from two-tenths of a percent previously. The revised decrease for manufacturing was 1.1% down from six-tenths of a percent. Manufacturing output was weaker in December in almost all sectors. As durables were down 1.1%, and non-durables fell 1.5%. Industrial production and manufacturing output are still above levels during the pre-pandemic month of February, 2020, but just barely so. Industrial production in December was uh, 1.7% higher than February, 2020. Manufacturing was just 8 tenths of a percent higher. Okay, let's move on to consumers. Retail and food uh, service sales in December uh, suffered their largest seasonally adjusted drop in a year. Sales fell 1.1%, following a downwardly revised 1% decrease in November. Now, on a not seasonally adjusted basis, sales rose in December, as they always do, owing to holiday shopping and entertaining. However, the 7.8% unadjusted gain was the smallest for a December since 2018. Sales were broadly weaker. There were only a couple of major retail sectors posting any seasonally adjusted increase at all, and both of those were tiny. Uh, Due to falling gasoline prices, gas station sales um, were among the weakest at 4.6%, but even excluding gas station sales, sales were down 8 tenths of a percent. While pricing distorts gasoline sales, Cooling inflation elsewhere is bringing current dollar and inflation-adjusted figures in line. Real retail sales also were down 1.1%, and the revised November decline was just barely larger than the nominal figure at 1.1% as well. Current dollar sales in December were nearly 29%, ahead of February 2020. Real sales were almost 12% higher. Okay, let's Stay in the retail arena and look at inventories. Retail inventories barely moved in November after a notable decrease in October. Total inventories in retail ticked up um, a tenth of a percent seasonally adjusted. However, inventories of motor vehicles and parts rose more than 1%, and that meant that excluding um, motor vehicles and parts, uh, retail inventories actually declined three-tenths of a percent. After 26 straight months of month-over-month gains, retail inventories excluding automotive have fallen now for three straight months. The scope of the decreases implies more of an orderly drawdown than a major correction at this point. Um, The correction certainly would further weaken freight demand. Now, of course, if retail sales keep falling, we could find ourselves very quickly into an inventory correction environment. The ratio of inventories to sales in retail uh, rose to 1.24 in November from 1.22 in October. However, uh, not surprisingly, motor vehicles and parts were the principal factor. Uh, That sector's ratio jumped to 1.56 from 1.5 in October as the industry continues to build inventory, Uh, excluding motor vehicles and parts the ratio was essentially flat at 1.15. The inventory sales ratio in the key general merchandise sector continued to ease in November, but the change was only slight. Uh, Seasonally adjusted inventories in that sector were the leanest that they had been since the end of 2021. Changes in most other retail sectors were incremental, uh, but building materials and garden supplies saw a large jump in the inventories to sells ratio. Okay, let's wrap up today with a look at pricing in the supply chain. Falling energy prices and a tamer environment for many other items in December resulted in the largest drop in the producer price index since April of 2020. The producer price index for final demand declined a half a percent. The PPI for final demand goods saw an even sharper drop of 1.6%, and that was largely due to the energy index, which fell 7.9%, and also the food index, which declined 1.2%. Excluding food, energy, and trade services, the producer price index for final demand ticked up, uh, but only by a tenth of a percent. That's actually the smallest of one of the same magnitude in November of 2020. Pricing for some key industrial commodities continued to ease. The PPI for steel mill products declined 2.7% for the seventh straight decrease. The producer price index for lumber was down 4.5% for the fifth straight drop. Producer price indexes for freight transportation services were mixed, but there were not really any major changes in any direction. Uh, The general freight truckload PPI increased a percent, but specialized long distance was down 1.9% and LTL declined by 3.2%. That's the largest drop since July, but it is not necessarily a very large drop uh, in the scheme of what we've been seeing. Uh, The producer price index for rail intermodal fell 2.4% after a 3.1% increase in November. And the freight brokerage PPI ticked up 1% after the record 11.1% plunge in November. Okay, let's wrap up this week's podcast by recapping some key takeaways for the week. Uh, Diesel prices rose by the most in a week since October. Dry van and refrigerated spot rates continued to give back holiday period gains. Initial jobless claims fell to a nine-month low. Mortgage rates are the lowest since September. Industrial production and manufacturing output fell in December. Retail sales were broadly weaker. Inventories were largely stable in November. Housing starts and permits continued their declines. Sales of existing homes fell for the the 11th straight month. And producer prices were tame in December. For next week, the docket is not nearly so full as it was this week but we do have some significant indicators to discuss, and that includes new orders for durable manufactured goods, sales of new homes, advanced data on retail inventories for December, and consumer spending and income. Plus, as usual, we'll talk about diesel prices in the spot market for truck freight during the latest week. That's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update. Episode 197 for the week of January 23rd, 2023. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us next.
0: That's it for this week's trucking market update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com/podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.